Welcome back to the JCMS podcast. I'm Kirk Barber, the editor of the journal Cutaneous Medicine and Surgery. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to speak with Dr. Afsana Alafi. I chose the article, Medical, Surgical, and Wound Care Management of Ulcerated Infantile Hemangiomas, a Systemic Review. I selected this article for our CME program because this is a problem that we often see in community clinical practice and one in which there's been a significant amount of research and I'm looking for some guidance on the current literature and treatment of this condition. I'm very happy that Dr. Alafi was able to join us today to speak about her research. Afsana, thanks for being here. And thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I mentioned that in the introduction that I chose your article because I was really interested in in how a clinician is going to manage um, these small ulcerated hemangiomata that we run into in you know basic dermatological practice. So, what prompted you and your co-authors to re- review this uh, this problem? Uh, this is uh, um, an interesting topic, and uh, I collaborated. We wrote uh, this paper with uh, uh, three medical students, Jane Wang, Arvin uh, Irani, and Anna Ayala, and also with uh, Dr. Irene Lara Corrales, who is a pediatric dermatologist at SickKids, and Dr. Sanadura Akita, who is based in uh, Japan, and he's a plastic surgeon and has experience in hemangioma and vascular anomaly. For me personally, doing uh, this um, uh, project was ulcerated hemangioma are sometimes are referred to wound clinic because of the nature of them, because it's ulcer. And uh, not uh, we didn't have lots of algorithm or structure how we have to manage these wounds. And interestingly, a few years ago, I had an adult patient that came to me with an ulcerated uh, hemangioma. And it was a few months uh, he had, uh, he wanted this ulcer to be healed um, uh, before his wedding and then made me to do a literature search to see how I, how, what is in the um, literature and how we can help this patient. That was always a challenging topic in my mind. And then when, when it happened that we could do a systematic review, then uh, we chose this topic to um, explore. So your your um, the search strategy that you outline in the article is extensive. Uh, uh, it looks like you came up with uh, almost ten thousand articles, in which you um, whittled it down to uh, a number of about eighty, roughly seventy-eight or eighty. You say in the uh, that you were actually um, put to full analysis. What did you learn from this? Uh, I gather there's lots of literature out there, not much helpful and you got down to a small number that's, which were useful. That's right. It's always when you are, uh, not always we have great um, evidence or randomized control trial on the topics, uh, on certain topics, because uh, the, and the, even though when you search, you come up with 10,000 articles, but the article that you can address and put as evidence are limited because of uh, lots of um, um, inclusion exclusion criteria that you have to use to have a high level evidence despite having this number of studies only we had only one randomized control trial 
30 observational study and 46 case report. We, uh, that was left after inclusion exclusion criteria to look at it and uh, was in total 1,239 patients. But as I mentioned, it was just one RCT that uh, based on all of these uh, papers. And I guess that shouldn't be too surprising because of the evolution of this uh, field, i.e. the management of uh, infantile hemangiomas has changed so dramatically Yes, absolutely. in the past five years or so that I would guess a lot of the early literature was mostly on wound care and the use of systemic steroids, and the later would be you know, on wound care and uh, the use of uh, beta blockers, either uh, topical or systemic. In the, if I get you to focus for a second on your on your area of expertise, and that would be on the wound care of these uh, ulcerated hemangiomata. Is there anything unique about uh, the care of these wounds? No, these are uh, wounds that, uh, first of all, it's it's difficult because it's a tissue that has a tendency for bleeding. Then whoever does wound care for this patients and particularly pediatric population, these children should uh, be con uh, conscious about using any dressing that attached to the wound area and is uh, because removal of this dressing can cause uh, significant bleeding. And then it should be uh, chosen carefully that use a, a type of dressing that is not adherent. It's uh, as uh, with less as um, with a little trauma to the wound area and be atraumatic and less adhesive. Um, that, that's, that's the important part of wound care in this patient. And the other point is because these ulcers, usually hemangioma that are ulcerated, have a tendency in area of friction, then location of these ulcers are challenging in terms of dressing because you in uh, children, these ulcers are in gluteal uh, area or neck um, area that is friction and holding a proper dressing in place that needs expertise too. So it requires some ingenuity, it sounds like, to dress these wounds properly. And probably that ingenuity needs to change as the wound heals. Yes, and, and some creativity to see based on individual case what type of dressing you have to use and how you hold the dressing in place. The other point, the same as many other ulcers, the most important thing in healing of an ulcer is to treat the cause. And that's why even when you look at the literature, the main thing that helps healing of these ulcers is to address the mangioma using a beta blocker and to or um, products that control that um, proliferation of blood vessels. That's the main uh, thing that helps healing of the wound. So before I, I um, ask you about topical beta blockers, did you have any sense from the literature or your own or your own practical experience with regard to laser surgery to these lesions? Is it is it helpful? Is it something you recommend? Do we do do our laser colleagues um, understand this tumor? Well, there were limited studies on pulse dye laser in the treatment of hemangioma overall, and in our search we had se seven studies with pulse dye laser, and uh, with two hundred number of patients that they used for healing of these ulcers. The rate 
rate of uh, the average time for uh, median healing time for people who use pulse dye laser was 2.8 to 10 weeks, then 3 to 10 weeks for healing. Then laser is part of this study, but uh, it's uh, sometimes it's costly, it's not available in uh, every clinic, but and when we compare it to what medical therapy did, and then uh, medical therapy, uh, something like oral um, propranolol or uh, oral beta blocker had a much uh, faster healing time. Okay. So, and now to come around to some medical therapy, apart from the hemangioma that need the oral beta blockers, I'm, I'm really interested in topical beta blockers, the use of the, tim the topical timolol. Is it yeah. of value to us out in the community? It, it is very interesting and absolutely something that easily we can uh, use in the, um, in the community for this type of um, ulcers. It's safe. It has been, studies has been shown that it's safe, it's easy to use. And uh, one of the main studies related to that came from uh, sick kids from Canada. And uh, uh, even in wounds, uh, particularly in wounds, ulcerated hemangioma, but even in wounds that are not due to uh, ulcerated hemangioma, but with vascular etiology. Uh, and in chronic ulcers, there are some studies out there that they use it for leg ulcer. And uh, sometimes we use for ulcers that the wound bed is clean, but it's not healing. And case-based, I have uh, used for some cases um, uh, topical. So in... In your work, um, would topical, and now I'm talking about small lesions that don't require yes. ag more aggressive therapy with systemic uh, agents. Is topical timolol something that um, you're, you're, you use a lot of and very comfortable with and, and uh, instruct parents on the use and you know, here, uh, you know, get by the solution one or two drops uh, once or twice a day and um, it is, uh, yeah, it is uh, um, practical to use it in community, but I, I don't use a lot of it because it's not something that we see every day in ulcerated hemangioma, but it's an uh, it's a treatment that can be used uh, easily and uh, safely. In uh, in our paper, we uh, mentioned eight studies that they used uh, timolol, 0.5% uh, topical timolol in the treatment of 46 patients with um, ulcerated hemangioma. And the mean time of healing was as soon as two weeks, between two to six weeks, these lesions had complete healing, which is a very good result. Okay, which is a, a dramatic result. And, and compare that to the laser surgeons, it, this seems to be... A very, um, very nice results. So, yeah. in some, in a, so I understand the importance of the wound care as being the primary approach. Would you stepwise this treatment, or would you start with your wound care and your your timolol at the same time, or would you try your wound care first, and if if you're struggling, then add this in later i uh, know i would uh, i would start at the same time if uh, if i have access to 
to the drug that it's something that is available uh, then um, I would uh, I would start it at the same time because that help uh, faster healing if uh, for some reasons uh, like either not access to drug or uh, not availability or not willing because sometimes parents prefer not to try any uh, medication and go with conservative treatment then I may go just by local wound care without starting topical team. Um, antibiotics, you mentioned in, the, uh, in, in your paper that they were used occasionally and without uh, cultures. Now, do you see these wounds become infected very often? Uh, part of the wounds that are in perianal area, which is a, another location for um, a common location for ulcerated hemangioma in children that might stay in diaper, then it's it's it can it has a potential for infection. But the antibiotics that have been studies have been studied for ulcerated hemangioma mainly are anti-inflammatory antibiotics like erythromycin, uh, with the fact that work both on inflammatory markers and on bacteria. They're not uh, in order to control that in a long-term uh, use, not to only for uh, using the um, uh, super-infection on the wounds. So what would you use as your criteria to initiate antibiotic therapy or to be concerned about a secondarily infected wound? Um, the, the symptoms that we use, um, the main is our clinical judgment, because if we do a bacterial swab, almost every wound is contaminated. But then I wouldn't look at bacterial culture for this because of the contamination of every ulcer that we have. Um, and for majority of this wound, by clinical judgment, if I see redness, extra pain, warmness um, and um, increasing in size of the ulcer sign or if it's very advanced might be uh, the key the children might not feel well or systemic symptom they have I would uh, start antibiotic um, mentioning warmness because it's an area that is highly vascular they, they may have already high temperature without having uh, infection then that's that symptom might not be very helpful, but the rest, like uh, edema and uh, redness that we usually see in infection, that's all the key to help um, for diagnosis of uh, infection. The only use of, which is rare, but use of uh, having a bacterial culture through swab would be if we use it for bacterial sensitivity. If we are suspicious for a patient that is already in hospital or has home care, uh, if they had they got resistant bacteria, that help you to choosing the type of antibiotic that you use. A topical therapy that you outline in your uh, paper is topical uh, bacaplermin. This is a medicine I'm not uh, familiar with. Uh, I see Dr. McQuaig uh, reported this. Is it something you've had experience with? Can you explain? No, I don't. Interestingly, this is platelet-driven growth factor. Platelet-driven growth factor 
had uh, has evidence in healing of ulcers, uh, almost diabetic foot ulcers, venous leg ulcers, many of ulcers. It was in the market in Canada uh, years back, but it's not in the market anymore. And I think the main reason that is off market is the cost. It's like is a costly treatment, but it's available um, in other part of the world. In, uh, and uh, um, then uh, the reason that you haven't heard about it is because it's not in our market. But uh, but uh, it's a platelet-rich growth factor and has some evidence for healing of ulcers uh, in any type of ulcer. Now with uh, PRP and different type of platelet uh, growth uh, products, uh, there are lots of evidence uh, studies coming. But I personally have no experience with uh, this type of treatments for ulcers for cutaneous ulcers. Your manuscript also seems to put to put to bed, if you will, the uh, the fact that we shouldn't be using systemic corticosteroids in the management of these patients. Um, is that is am I reading that correctly? Yes, um, we are. We are just. We are not. Uh, our conclusion is based on the evidence that we have, because if we have a treatment like oral propranolol, which is safe, uh, side effect minimal, and gives a healing time of so rapid recovery to, for these ulcers, then uh, there is no point of going to a treatment that has higher adverse event, particularly in the in pediatric population that are at growth age. And then that's the that's based on on what we gathered from the literature. So in 2018, uh, 2019, we're looking at wound care as being the primary um, uh, primary in the management, or most important bit in the management, and those are um, non-adherent uh, dressings uh, with uh, some ingenuity as to continuous um, coverage of the wound. Yes. Uh, looking for changes that might suggest infection, um, and possibly using topical um, beta blockers, uh, particularly in the uh, smaller wounds that that smaller hemangioma that don't require um, systemic therapy because of rapid growth and compromise of, of other organ functions. Would that be a reasonable summary of, uh, of, of your manuscript? Of your yes, work? and the other thing that we, I think we address that we don't have to um, use, even though if, if a wound is not infected uh, and we are not using antibiotic, we don't have to use it, um, an antiseptic like a, uh, like using silver iodine as a routine treatment, and we can leave that for wounds that um, are critically colonized and require some degree of antiseptics because wounds uh, have an spectrum from contamination going to uh, colonization, critical colonization, and eventually infection. When there is infection, we give oral antibiotic. When wound is covered with uh, ba um, bacteria or drainage, but not having sign of infection, we may use some topical antiseptic in the dressings, and then when otherwise we don't need any of them. But as uh, you we mentioned, and you also addressed that, it's wound care is part of 
management that improve quality of life of patients, but the main management is addressing the hemangioma by itself. And that would be the main treatment even for wound care for these patients. So it appears that your the literature review is extensive, and I think you've just summarized uh, multi, many years and many pieces of uh, of literature in your last sentence. And so thank you very much. That was very helpful. And uh, this uh, piece of work will improve um, the lives of our patients and how we manage uh, these patients with uh, ulcerated uh, hemangiomata. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Dr. Alafi is an assistant professor of medicine at the University of Toronto in the Division of Dermatology. She practices at Women's College Hospital in Toronto, Ontario. As a clinician, I had a few takeaways. The first was that none of the therapies appeared to offer a significant advantage over any other therapy. The things that the review seems to have agreed upon was that atraumatic and non-adhesive dressings were critical. Use of corticosteroids uh, is decreasing, and that's supported by the evidence with regard to wound healing. Topical antibiotics should only be used if the wounds are actually infected. And work is now um, leaning towards the use of beta blockers, both oral, such as propanolol, and topical timolol. The evidence regarding the use of lasers in the management of these lesions is not clear, as the methodology and outcomes were really very varied. So um, the systematic review helped to tell me that I need to continue to judge each of my patients based on the size of the hemangioma, its location, and its progression over time. And it also helped me to understand that the beta blockers now, both systemic and topical, are useful in the management of the ulcerated hemangioma. Well, that's it for the ep- this episode of the JCMS Author Interviews podcast. I'm Kirk Barber. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time, be good to each other.